Hey, Purple Principle listeners. This is Emily Corsetti, the co-host of this show for the past 30 plus episodes with some bittersweet news. I'm moving on to the newspaper world to develop my reporting skills here in California. Kind of a big, interesting place for somebody from New Hampshire, though I do hope to return to audio someday. But most importantly, I want to thank you for listening to us over the past year, and I encourage you to keep listening, because I could not be happier to hand my microphone over to Jillian Youngblood, the Purple Principal's new co-host and former guest of the show early in the season two episode, When Martians Land, Pigs Fly, and Americans Reach Consensus. Jillian's the executive director of the nonpartisan group Civic Genius. And Jillian, I loved working with you on that episode and really respect what you do at Civic Genius. Thanks so much, Emily. And for those who have not heard that episode, Civic Genius is a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization aiming to overcome political polarization and rebuild civic culture. One of our main obsessions is identifying the surprising amount of common ground that Americans across the political spectrum have on a wide range of policy issues. And Emily, I've really enjoyed listening to you over the past year, and I'm thrilled to be co-hosting now. But rumor has it, I'm going to need some orientation first. And you have a few guest highlights that you wanted to share? Maybe, but not quite a formal orientation, but some wisdom to co-host by. I've learned something from every interview that we've had, but I've selected three bits that really resonate with me. And the first is my favorite metaphor from Dr. Abigail Marsh of Georgetown in the season one episode, Heard from the Herd. Uh, you know, you think like a herd of muskox. When they believe they're being threatened by wolves, they cluster themselves together in a very tight way. And, you know, threat does that to really any social species. You cluster together with those who are like you and in effect, in an attempt to ward off the threat. And so when communities believe they're being threatened by others who are they perceive a threat to their values or to their livelihood or to their welfare, you tend to get more sort of black and white thinking, which is another strong promoter of ideology, a lack of trust, you know, a tendency to be mistrustful and hostile and prone to conspiratorial thinking, which are all sort of bound up together. Yeah, we do all cluster and bare our teeth a bit when threatened. And with so much partisan noise, especially on social media, it's easy to feel threatened all the time. And honestly, I was always more interested in the underlying psychology of the politics because psychology shapes political views and polarization and the us versus them and the othering and all of that. Which leads to my second audio sample here from Dr. J. Van Bavel, the respected neuroscientist from NYU on cult mentalities which, unfortunately, is what we're seeing a lot more of in our politics. And there's been a couple studies where they have looked at what happens when certain cults predict the end of the world. And they've been able to study, you know, what happens the day that that prediction doesn't come true. What you might expect is that cult members should update their beliefs. They should be like, oh my goodness, this cult was totally wrong. What was I thinking? I've got to rebuild my life and I've got to move I got to leave this cult. But that's not what happens. In fact, uh, a couple studies that have gone into these cults and looked at these cult members have found, if anything, the opposite happens. They actually double down on this identity they have with this cult. And so there's a kernel of that psychology in human nature that applies to all kinds of identities we have, whether we're talking about politics and people you know, find something terrible about their favorite party or politician and they can't let go of it. 
I have seen that in action, Emily. We often get locked into these partisan silos come hell or high water or new information, and it feels like we've become a nation of two one-party systems. Exactly. And in psych speak, that's called motivated reasoning, which is the filtering out of information that undermines our pre-existing beliefs. But if we're aware of that, we can be better journalists and less judgmental and thus more compassionate people. Amen. Though I can tell you from having worked on Capitol Hill and in city politics that compassion does not always exactly bubble forth. It's not easy for sure. And again, that's one of the big lessons in neuropsych is that we're not so different from those muskox. We're hardwired to be tribal. And that's really important to have in mind on social media. It's unhealthy for democracy if we only interact with people who think exactly like us. But it's also way more challenging to interact online with people that we don't agree with. My favorite guest on that topic is Dr. Robert Elliott Smith, an AI expert at University College London, an author of Rage Inside the Machine. Rehumanize as much as possible your interactions. And this is a controversial one is try to unblock people. I know it's really hard, but I find myself, there are people who I've blocked because these people are dangerously offensive. You know, they're saying really ugly things or trolling me. Those people have to be blocked. Okay, I understand that. But then there are people I'd blocked in the past who I'd blocked them because they just said something that basically didn't fit my worldview that well. And I decided I don't want to see any of that content. Try to ease off that a bit because our studies have definitely shown that opening up the connectivity effectively allows the information not just to flow to you, but to flow beyond you. And if you change your network structure, you're changing it for many, many people, not just for yourself. Duly noted, Emily, open up those networks. And that might be the most enlightening orientation I've had in my career, even if it wasn't supposed to be an orientation. But you know, Emily, I'm going to have to hand this mic right back to you. Because for one, the show already sent me one. And more importantly, we hope to hear your voice on the show from time to time when schedules and pandemics and forest fires permit. Definitely. It is a crazy world out there, but I am very happy to do that. And again, Purple Principle guests and listeners, thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. It's been great kicking this off with you. And best of luck to co-host Jillian Youngblood on unraveling this whole polarization mess. Thanks so much, Emily. I'm sure we'll figure it out eventually, but it might take another season or two. So indie-minded listeners, please stay tuned to The Purple Principle, a podcast about the perils of polarization, available wherever you find your podcasts. And stop by purpleprinciple.com for our newsletter, Purple Principle in Print, our episode show notes, our purple shelf of recommended reading, and a whole lot more. The Purple Principle is a fluent knowledge production. Music composed and created by Ryan Adair Rooney, except, of course, for the songs of the muskox. 